It is Tuesday, December 26, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude. It's why he doesn't have a smile on his face. Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants after Monday's tough go. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey along for the ride as well. All right, so I'm I'm curious about people's viewing habits. Always. We had the triple header on Monday on Christmas Day. The first game you could either watch on CBS with Nance and Romo or you could watch on Nickelodeon. Which which way did you go? So I tried Nickelodeon. Like the first ever Nickelodeon game when Mitch Trubisky won the MVP yes. as the losing quarterback. I actually watched that like having fun with it. I honestly, like, maybe this is, I'm different. I cannot stand the way people talk to children sometimes. And that broadcast just drives me nuts, right? Where it's like they're they're human beings, you know? You don't have to talk to them like they're total morons. Uh, and so I, I I switched it off. But at the same time, I'm a 31-year-old man. I shouldn't be watching the Nickelodeon one for more than five minutes anyways. Well, you know what? I noticed that I, I started out on CBS. And then it was, like, so frustrating watching the Chiefs. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go make it fun for myself. So I tuned it to the other side. And they were just having such a good time. And, yeah, I understand. It is kind of tough to talk to children when you're a full-grown adult and, like, in a broadcast way while you're trying to teach them. I actually think Nate Burleson does a remarkable job he and no eagle i thought did did pretty well with it all it's yeah, i fun. think it's a great thing that the nfl does totally i just if i was if i was like nine years old and someone talked to me like this oh my that's a touch i would just i would lose my mind uh and i i kind of lose my mind now so but I, I the first one was the best one though that that saints bears yeah. playoff game you're right you're right it was great it was great all right so we wrapped up uh week 16 with an amazing game out by the bay where Baltimore just took the Niners behind the woodshed. It wasn't even close. They picked off Niners quarterbacks five times, including Brock Purdy four times. Now, let's remember, on Friday's show, we talked about this, setting up, and we both kind of felt like, okay, the Niners are going to take it to Baltimore. Well, now, since it was the other way around, is there a fairly sizable gap between these two teams with Baltimore ahead, or is that overreacting? I think that's a little overreaction. I think these teams are close, and the Ravens just won it, right? And you had Purdy with four interceptions, right? And we could, I think, we'll have some fun talking about Purdy and him as big picture wise. But he's not going to—he wouldn't throw four interceptions again, right? And you know, two of them were very unlucky interceptions that got tipped up. Um, no, and I think the second time around, it's like okay, we can see what the Ravens did defensively. With Mike McDonald, who, you know, we talked about Friday, what he can do to try and bait Purdy into those interceptions, which he did. Uh, but I think these teams are close, man. But you, the Ravens, like this, like you said, we, we both thought the 49ers were going to win this game. And I thought they'd cover the five point spread. And then the Ravens, like they showed, hey, we, there's a huge gap at quarterback between these two teams. Yeah. A few things. Uh, number one, Baltimore's defense is unbelievable. They really are good and they are built from the middle out. And I don't think that every team is built that way, right? I mean, Clowney has had a really, really nice year on the edge, but they're two young edge guys that they had drafted within the last two or three years. Owe and Ajabo have done virtually nothing. So it's the middle of that defense. It's Justin Matabike on the line. It's their two off-the-ball linebackers in Queen and Smith that are fantastic. And it's Kyle Hamilton, who you can put in the middle of the field, but you could put him as a slot guy. You can put him all over the place. Literally, I mean, 
the interception that he had on the tipped pass where he was blitzing, he got chop blocked. So it was an illegal chop block. He's lying on the ground, has the wherewithal to get back up, and then he catches the tipped interception. That was as good a defensive play as you'll see all year. Yeah, and he's he's kind of like a joker for them, where it's like yes. like you said, they put him all over the place, um, which I feel like is an issue for Brock Purdy, right? Where it's like, hey, you don't know where this guy's going to be lined up. You don't know where he's going to move once he is lined up, and he can move him all over the place. Um, yeah, so Mike McDonald was able – we said on – you know, we said on Friday too, like, well, what if – what can Mike McDonald do to maybe bait Purdy to get into some interceptions, which he doesn't really do? And boy, did he ever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you can say – you can say oh, two of them were unlucky, but two was still a lot. Uh, even, uh, you know, the bad ones that Purdy had, and that first one I thought was the worst – which was, you know, that one could make a difference between winning and losing right there, even though it ends with a blowout score. They're going down to score a touchdown mm-hmm. beginning of the early in the game, you know, following that safety. Instead, the other team gets the ball. Like, that's a huge play. Um, Let me ask you, are you – does this sour you on Purdy like a good bit or – No, but what I do think is that Baltimore turned – for the first time, he really looked like the last pick of a draft. And I think that's a a credit to Baltimore. Like, I think we just – so often in the media, we're looking for the negative. Like, why didn't San Francisco do the – how about what the hell Baltimore did? You know, they do lead the NFL in sacks and turnovers forced. That's not a combination you'll see very often. That's that's pretty damn good. Like, this is a special, special defense. They haven't led the league – in fewest points allowed per game since 2006. And then the time they did it before that was 2000 when they had a record-setting defense. So this doesn't happen every year. I think we think Baltimore, and so we're like, oh, man, you know, they're Lamar and they're an elite defense. Well, they haven't been this defensively in a while. Yeah, which is kind of the – and I'm excited to talk about the Chiefs later because I think there's a similar but not so similar recipe. That defense, like you said, and it's not just – like it's not just great guys lining up. Like they are game planning on a week to week basis, mm-hmm. and the way they use their safeties is, like you said, to create those turnovers. And then Clowney's having the best year of his career there too. Um, and then, like uh, you mentioned in the middle, and then Lamar, we'll we'll talk about him a little more in the second. Is like showed the gap, right? His ability to escape and let guys open was the difference between winning and losing, right? If if Lamar doesn't, you know, escape and extend plays and then use his legs. Like they they had a bad offensive performance too, but it shows the difference that he the difference maker that he is. Here's the thing we we've talked now about Lamar's record against the NFC. What did he improve to twenty and one? I think in his mm-hmm. career. And so if they get to the Super Bowl, we'll be hearing that ad nauseum, right? The, your Giants are the only team to yeah. Take just care better of hope those Giants don't show up to the Super right. Bowl. Lamar Jackson. Well, you never. Well, actually, now it's official. Sorry about yesterday. So yeah, well, we I might protest we'll... the end of that game, but anyways, <laughs> sir, I get it. I understand. Um, but I I think that the hardest thing for them will be getting through the AFC because t- there there are a bunch of teams that have seen Lamar a lot, and so if we keep hearing that the toughest thing about Baltimore is game planning for them and Lamar in particular, there are some teams that they could run into come postseason time where there is familiarity with Lamar and with this defense. That doesn't necessarily mean that Baltimore won't waltz to the Super Bowl, but I'm just saying. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But let's let's focus a little more on the Purdy and Lamar and some other players' discussion. With Purdy picked off four times and Lamar shining on Monday Night Football, is he now the front runner 
Lamar Jackson for the MVP. He is. But to me, this is another reason why I think Tyreek Hill should win it. Had nine catches, 99 yards, game-winning drive. They play off of him. He, he gets a pass, eats up that cushion first down. They play man coverage. He takes the screen first down. But at the end of the day, it's going to be given to a quarterback. And right now, Lamar is is the front runner, which is – this is going to be one of the worst statistical seasons of, like, mm-hmm. uh, a MVP. Like, Lamar's 15th in yards per game. He's 14th in passing touchdowns. You include rushing touchdowns. He's still 11th, 7th in QB success rate, 8th in QBR, which measures everything, Um, you know, like, including the rushing. Like, it's going to be one of those seasons, just like the best quarterbacks haven't – like, Josh Allen is actually kind of having an MVP season, but – they're not winning, and so he's not part of that. Patrick Mahomes is having a down year. Jalen Hurts has a lot of turnovers, even though he has like nine more rushing touchdowns than him. Uh, yeah, I would say he is, because who else do you give it to? And and then Dak. Dak loses two games in a row. So he's probably the front runner. C.J. Stroud gets injured. I think he is, right? Well, why can't it be Christian McCaffrey? I mean, McCaffrey had a huge night last night. He just didn't touch the ball enough. He still had 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He had six catches. They limited him to 28 yards, so good job by Michael McDonald and, and that crew. Um, why can't he be the MVP? Because they don't give it to – they don't – like, I, I've – the same reason Tyreek Hill won't be the MVP is not a quarterback. And I think even if people well, were a little more willing that they would, they would split I, – I agree. I agree with you 100%. It's just – it's just not going to happen unless he has like 200 yards per game these last, you know, or 300, you know, has like 500 total yards in the last two games. Like, it's just they're going to give it to a QB, which is, I think, is a sad state of affairs of the MVP award. Yeah, I think, I mean, to be honest with you, I think that it's, the, the narrative has always been if you're a quarterback and you win the MVP, the next time you win the MVP, you damn well better be pretty much what you were the first time around. And I love watching Lamar. I think he's awesome. I think he's a. I love listening to him after games and all that sort. Of, and I love what he brings to the team because he is the best player on the field usually. But I could make that argument with Christian McCaffrey. It's just that he's limited because he doesn't touch the ball every play. So it kind of it. But when he does touch the ball, he is as big a game changer as Lamar Jackson when he has the ball in his hands. To me, yeah, he's he's. He's amazing. So you would go McCaffrey over Tyreek? I would. I would because I think that that he can beat you in multiple ways. You can run in between the tackles if you need to. If you need to grind out a win late in the game and run a four-minute offense, he's the guy that can do that. If you need to split him out wide, you need to put him in the slot, you need to run the screen game with him, there's so many ways that he can affect the outcome of the game, right? Like, if the Dolphins need to run a four-minute offense, most likely they're not go. They could run a bubble screen to Tyreek. They could, but I don't know if that's the way they're going to do it. But you need to rely on Christian McCaffrey to get your first downs with a six-point lead. Yeah, it's it's we're split. It's we're talking about two great players. But I, exactly. Like, like I, I think of like the you know the end of that like that game was huge. That Dolph, which we'll talk. That Dolphins Cowboys game is fucking huge. And the, the the Cowboys had no answer for him. Like they play off coverage, and mm-hmm. he kills them. He kills the cushion. They play man coverage. They throw a screen and, and and convert that way and get into field goal range. And you know you talk about four minute offense. Like 
I feel like he does change that a little bit because you can't just stack the box and say, hey, let's they're going to run so we can just play it this way. Because like if you leave a one on any time a team's left a one on one with Tyreek Hill and not really given favorable safety help, the Dolphins automatically like, all right, here we go. And it works. Um, So I, I feel like Tyreek Hill's year has been a little more outstanding than McCaffrey. And I think that's going to hurt each other. Right. If if it was just one of these guys having right. Then I feel like the MVP talk with for them Bingo. would be a lot greater, but I feel like they're going to kind of they're like what we're doing right now. Instead of us both being like, "Hey, this is not the year to give it to QB. Let's give it to this guy." We're kind of we're we're split between it, and that's why it's going to go to a quarterback. And I think that our I think if Lamar ends up winning at the you know the Thursday before the Super Bowl at NFL Honors, we're all going to be like, yeah, "Okay," but I don't think anybody's going to be like, "Absolutely, yeah." You know, he crushed it. I think we're all going to be like, "Yeah," because no other quarterback was that much better than the guy who is always super consistent. And that's the thing about Lamar. Even his bad games, they aren't Brock Purdy four interception games. And they and the Ravens are still usually in the game. Last night the, the Niners really weren't in that game in the fourth quarter. I never really answered your question about if I've soured on Purdy. I don't think so. Um I don't think so. I think he had a terrible game. I think he made some Horrible mistakes. He had. He ran once to the right and then threw back across his body, and the ball got tipped and picked off. And that's a terrible play. You don't ever make that play. Okay? See, I actually kind of love that though, because like mm-hmm. that's like the plays we like. If George Kittle catches that instead of you know tips it up, or talking about man, this is these are the big time throws quarterbacks make, and it just Oof, went against him this know. way. No, there were some other big time throws. He had one to Kittle that Kittle dropped, which I thought was an amazing throw toward the sidelines, but. Yeah, I mean, he still makes really good plays. And guess what? This is something good for him because it wouldn't shock me if in six weeks these two teams are squaring off again out in Las Vegas, and we'll see what he learns. Like, that's the great thing is that he hasn't had that opportunity yet to learn from his mistakes. Last year, they lost in the NFC Championship game in which he played three snaps. So we haven't needed to see him rebound from massive adversity yet. Lamar Jackson's had that shot, right? He's won the MVP, and then he get, gets knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. So we've seen him have this chance, and we've seen him have a chance to grow, and we weren't ready to say, oh, the Ravens should move on from Lamar Jackson. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I there's just because Brock Purdy and because the conversation around him probably got a little overhyped, there's a lot of people who want to tear him down. I, I don't come away from – now, he did play bad, but – I view this as like, hey, this is a good quarterback who had a bad game, right? Yes. Like they, you know, they stopped them from throwing the ball 20 plus yards. That was the Ravens, a lot of their game plan. So they didn't attempt it. But Purdy still took it. Like he was nine for 11 on those 10 to 20 yard throws, which I think are tell the story of a quarterback. And you look, I mean, Lamar didn't complete a pass over 20 yards either. Um, But what Lamar did yesterday in that game was special. Like I, I feel like that, even though it only led to three points, that end of the half drive just kind of, showed what Lamar does, right? Scrambled, he hits Charlie Kohler for a 17-yard pass yep. and then has the 30-yard scramble that gets him in the field goal range. I feel like that drive does show you the difference of, you know, two QBs for the two, what were the two one seeds coming into this week? And I think that Lamar Jackson has developed so much as a passer that has just opened up the entire game for him. Really? Oh, I absolutely. Mean, and he did last year too. And they, but he just got hurt, right? Like he right. was doing, he was actually having a better statistical year last year and he got yes, hurt. Yes, he was. Yeah. And that's the difference is that actually the previous two Decembers, he hasn't been available. So now he's available. And now we see what this Baltimore team is all about. 
I mean, they they made the playoffs with Tyler Huntley throwing two regular season touchdowns or something last year. That's Pro and, Bowl Tyler Huntley to you. Yeah, that's my bad. My bad. I always have to introduce him that way. That's like <laughs> once a professor, always a pro- professor. My fault. By the way, Jackson, I know that we don't talk stats with Lamar Jackson. We shouldn't. This one's impressive. He is now 6-0 and in his career against top five scoring defenses on the road. That's, you know, sometimes we make up these stats. That's actually like an insane stat. Like, and they're averaging 26 points per game. Think about how many conversations we have with teams, especially this year, where it's like when they play a good team, they don't, they don't show up. And then Lamar has done the exact opposite of that. Yep. He almost steps up his game in those moments to me. He's awesome. He's awesome, and they're awesome. And John Harbaugh is a Hall of Fame coach to me. Absolutely, He's great. Chiefs, meanwhile, whoo, they got problems. They fell to nine and six after Monday's loss to Las Vegas. Even though the they still have the inside track to winning their eighth straight division title, are the champs officially toast when it comes to Super Bowl aspirations? You know what? I'm going to say no. They still have the number two scoring defense in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes, and when you have that, you always always have a chance in the NFL. If you have your defense right and you have, you know, what I, I to me the best quarterback in the NFL despite having a lot of turnovers this year, you always always have a chance. When the playoffs, when guys are more dialed in, coaching's more dialed in, players on defense are more dialed in, they've got the guys to hang with anybody and they've got the quarterback who can go to toe to toe with anybody. I don't, but they are but they are a mess right now. I'm going to say yes. And not just for the sake of saying yes. I watched that game, and I have now seen in the last three or four weeks things out of this squad that we have not seen since Patrick Mahomes took over. They have become a whiny group. Every time something's wrong, they're looking at the refs. It's like guys in the NBA when they're driving down the lane and they don't get a call. You know, it's it's hands up all the time, right? That's what the Chiefs have turned into. And I cannot believe that this is the way it's gone for them. But it's because you can see so much frustration in Mahomes' face every time that a ball bounces off of a guy's hands. Now he knows he's going to have to go to the podium and he's going to have to publicly support a guy who he is maybe 50-50 on when he throws him the ball. That's where Patrick Mahomes in this offense is. They are impossible to watch. Yeah, they're they're tough right now. You know, five interceptions in the last four games, and again, that's not all Mahomes. There's passes that popped up, but they won the damn thing with Juju Smith-Schuster as their best wide receiver last year, right? And but does Kelsey Bobby, they look never as looked amazing? like this? They never. It, you never felt this way. I agree. Watching but the man, Chiefs last year, even with a subpar supporting cast. I agree 100%, and I think Mahomes does need to look himself in the eye and like, hey, I got to change the way I lead on this team and and kind of stop with some of the temper tantrums that he's shown on the sideline, whether it was last week versus the Patriots, you know, this week, you know, yelling at the offensive line, which um, people look at, oh, he's firing them up. It's just kind of talk to talk to offensive linemen. Don't yell at offensive linemen. Travis Kelsey throwing his helmet on the sideline. I feel like Andy Reid actually kind of has to – Andy Reid, who's always kind of been like a let players be their thing, Kind of needs to grab the reins, like, hey, we we are still a capable team, and we should not like this should not be happening to us. So if they can, like, stopping turning over the ball is something that's very doable for them, and I feel like they're a team that can compete with anybody if they're not doing that. At best, they're going to be the three seed. Okay, 
at best. They're still going to win this division. But you trust them to win road games possibly at Miami? They beat Miami. That feels like three years ago. It does. It feels like three years ago. All right, I know, so but Miami it's still the same. And Baltimore, possibly. Like, it just doesn't – it doesn't see – Patrick Mahomes has never had to play a road game in the playoffs, and now we're going to ask him to go win two in one year? Yeah, I'm not – I'm certainly not picking them. Um, And actually, maybe he doesn't. You know, Maybe he doesn't play a, a road game the way the AFC wild card shakes out. Um, like I'm not like, obviously I would pick the Ravens over them, but I I would still pick them versus Miami. Right. And I think Miami proved, uh, had a really good, you know, week and showing, but I still would pick them versus Miami. I'd pick them versus Buffalo in the playoffs. As much as I love your Browns, like I can't, I can't pick Joe Flacco over Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game, no matter how good that Mm -hmm. Browns defense is and the chiefs defense is number two in the NFL. So I, I'm not picking them. I, I would pick the Ravens right now, uh, but I, I can't. I can't. I can't give up on a team that has the number two scoring defense in Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. People are saying he's washed. You I mean he's going to have a hundred catches and a thousand yards despite missing a game this year? They just look slow. They look beaten, and they're going to. They played an awful lot of football in these last five years, right? Extra games, longer seasons, a lot of talk shows, a lot of stuff that comes your way. And this is a time where I think they do. They have to look at each other and be like, either we're going to saddle up or we're going to have a quick, quick end of this season. Do they remind you of the Brady Super Bowl Bucks at all? Where there was a lot of like worries about that team in that season and they had some bad moments. And then they kind of had a team of vets who pulled together in the playoffs, had that pass rush come alive, and then Brady being Brady. Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. The difference is, is that that was a team that, that was put together and you were just hoping at some point they were going to gel. This is a team that had already gelled and now it feels like it's breaking apart at the seams. Yeah. And Hey, you got two weeks to kind of get, get shit in line. Andy Reid and their apps. Right. And Andy Reid, by the way, to stop running trick plays. I know everyone gives him credit for all the designs. All they do. Listen, I want like, if I maybe we'll get one of our listeners to do it, go watch every trick play. Andy Reid has ran for the last two years. And most of them are not successful and lead to issues. Stop running trick plays. The the few times that they work are not worth, the very amount of times where it leads to bad plays. You're right about that. The weather might be cooling down, but the action on the field stays hot. Fuego. Inferno. And today we've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, to get you closer to the action. Right now, new customers who bet just $5 will get $150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALL today. Fan of multiple teams and want to bet on them all? Combine multiple bets together for a shot and even bigger payout. Sports betting is not yet available in your state. Not to worry. You can still join in all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL TODAY. Bet just $5 in any wager and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL TODAY. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. Okay, what's the bigger number here? Super Bowl contenders from the AFC or the NFC? To me, AFC. I still believe in the Chiefs. The Ravens, obviously. The Dolphins. You know, the Dolphins just beat the Cowboys, who are like we view as a Super Bowl contender. Buffalo has always got a chance with Josh Allen. Um, and I, I, I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns, too. Like, I got five teams that if, like, 
I can see making a run through the playoffs and getting to the Super Bowl. Which Ow. once you're in the Super Bowl, you're a Super Bowl contender. I, there's five teams in the AFC I can see getting there. Did you see what Santa Mooch got me on game day morning the other day? I did. I did. That's a great shirt. I saw the picture you posted. Um, yes. My elite Joe Flacco just, t-shirt. Just stop turning over the ball, Cleveland. And what? It, imagine if you got a Flacco versus 49ers in the in the Super Bowl again. That would be nice. Get, get well, Flacco and- to beat. Have, have, let's have let's get Flacco versus the Ravens in the playoffs too. That'd be nice. Cleveland versus Baltimore. That's rivalry. Have them play the team that like we can we can get some nice QB versus old team matchups this year. And then the NFC, I'd say the 49ers, Dallas, and Philly. Could you? Could you throw the Rams or the Lions in there? I can't throw the Rams. I ju- I, I think that they have they've done a really really good job, and I could see them beating a team like Detroit in the opening round. I think the to then have to run through the likes of San Francisco and Philly in back to back weeks. No, they're they're they've done a great job. They've won way more games than most people thought that they were going to win. But I would not put them in there. Now. I think there might only be two true Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. I Ravens don't know. Ra- I think the Dolphins, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. So I would go, how about this? I would go Ravens and winner of the AFC East because that has not been locked up yet. And it's possible that Buffalo could end up getting that. So would you call Dallas Super Bowl contender who the Miami Dolphins just beat? Yeah, I I would because I don't think that that was that big a misstep by the Dallas Cowboys the other day. They lost by what a point or two to the to a pretty good team, you know, in a last second field goal. Like I think they're right there. I do. Yeah. I thought that that was, as you know, you don't get little pats on the head and participation trophies at this level. But I think that actually most Dallas fans can feel like, hey, you know, we've been in in a couple of really good games. Like in Philly, we were right there, and now in Miami, we're right there, and. That's what we need to be is right there in road playoff games. If it wasn't coming off of a Buffalo blowout, I could see that. But I feel like coming off of that blowout loss to Buffalo, that was like a, a game that they kind of threw away. And 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 they are they're more talented than Miami across the board, mm-hmm. too. And they so like they lost to a contending less talented team coming off of a blowout loss. To me, that's I I have some worries about Dallas as a whole i will say this i do think that i think philly's gonna end up winning that division and get the two seed and if so i think they could be sitting pretty to be honest with you because barring a rams win or uh whoever's going to be that seven seed beating the eagles um the niners are going to have to face the cowboys in the divisional round because i still think the niners will be the one seed and get the bye and then they would have to host philly and i just think that there's a lot of physicality in those teams. We know that Trent Williams is now dealing with a groin injury on top of everything else, and they are a different team. If they don't have him, you can forget it. Yeah, hopefully he can get healthy for them. But, I mean, I just watched the full game of Philly. They actually have some real issues on defense. They do. And I don't think Matt Patricia is making the – Matt Patricia might be making them worse. Some of their personnel usage was very weird yesterday in that game. Um. You know, they don't have linebacker like Darius Leonard has been bad for Shaq Leonard has been bad for them. Yep. Like he made some big mistakes. Their safeties are a disadvantage to them and their corners are not are injured and not playing to the level they played last year. Mm-hmm. There's some 
real issues on there. Despite, I still think their pass rush is pretty damn good, despite not being getting all the sacks they got last year. Well, remember, we started the show talking about the strength of Baltimore's defense being right up there in the middle. You get past that front line where they can rotate some real studs in there in Philadelphia in the interior defensive line. Their linebacker-safety combo, you're right. That's area where they're going to have to improve in the offseason. All right, last thing. Uh, kudos to the Detroit Lions. They did clinch their division for the first time in 30 years. Back then, it was the NFC Central. Now it's the NFC North. Are you shocked that Dan Campbell has led this massive turnaround in Motown? Halfway through last season, I would have said yes. After I, I went to, I went, we, me and Justin went to Detroit and spent a couple of days at Detroit Lions huh. practice and talk with people that, you know, work in the building and stuff. They, teams, every team talks about culture. And I think it's the most annoying fucking thing that coaches and fans and shit talk about. They've truly installed a different culture in Detroit. They fucking compete, man. You watch them guys go and you watch them like practice versus the Giants, and it was two different practices. They fought every fucking every special teams, offense, defense. They are getting at it. And so I don't think any of us view them as a Super Bowl contender, right? But they've gotten the most out of their talent, right? You won three games in 2021 and you didn't just win three games. It was ugly. It looked horrible. Everyone was calling Dan Campbell a failure, including myself. Then one and six to start last year, one of the worst defenses ever. And then you know, you're four and nineteen as a head coach, nineteen and six since then, man. They've instilled they've instilled to me a real culture there that I think once they continue to grow that talent, that that could be a long running organization that continues to make the playoffs. Well, you know, it's interesting. When Dan Campbell was up for jobs, you know, he had what? He was the interim in Miami for yeah. a quick second and all that. But when he was, I believe, an assistant in New Orleans and you heard he was up for jobs, I was like, Does Dan Campbell even own a suit? Like, is this really going to happen? I was like, that meathead, big blocking tight end out of Texas A&M, that dude? Because I just didn't know him. And guys were like, no, man. Like, guys love him. I was like, okay, good. And then you heard the introductory news conference with the whole biting the kneecaps thing and wasn't going to get out of that. And then they don't win any games. They're, you know, the first half of his first season. And then I thought last year that back half of the season – was as impressive a coaching job as we had ever seen. And it culminated with that Sunday night win on the road at Lambeau Field where his team had literally been knocked out of the playoffs an hour earlier, an hour earlier when Seattle came back to win a game. They could have just lied down and said, you know what, fuck it. We had a great run. We're going against Aaron Rodgers. They treated that like a playoff game, man. And that showed me something. And then they just carried it into this year. And I expected them to waltz to the division title, even if Kirk Cousins had been healthy. I just didn't see enough talent in the rest of this division to compete with these guys. But kudos to him. You're right for setting the tone. But, boy, no team has nailed the draft more so than this team in the last three years. Go look at what they've done on the offensive and defensive line starting in 2021. Last year, they added to it. And then this year, what they have done, their top four picks are studs, man. Studs. Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell. Sam Laporta, uh, Brian Branch, Brian Branch, those guys. We're not talking about contributors. We're talking about studs at the top of the pecking order. And oh yeah, so... like like some of the best players on their team, and and they and they still have a lot of holes, right? Like, I was texting one of the our, my friends who works for the Lions, and I was like, "Is that Giants couldn't make the fifty three man roster cornerback Khalil Dorsey getting burnt? Like they're they're having to start some really bad players because they huh. still are far away as a team building." From a team building aspect of like being, you know, 
good and having depth across the line. But like you said, they've continued to do well in the draft. Even guys like Malcolm Rodriguez, right? Not world beaters, but like guys who hey. you can come in and have start for you and, and play for you. Alex Anzalone, you know, who's been in the league for a while, you know, playing his best ball over there. Um, you know, even though Jameer Gibbs has taken a bigger role, David Montgomery's a contributor there. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, think about how great of a pick that was. They've really done well. They've gotten the most out of golf. Um, and I am very excited for uh, the city of Detroit to get back into the playoffs. Yep. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what they do at that quarterback position moving forward, right? Because Hooker did get – they opened his 21-day window. They activated him. They cut their kicker, Riley Patterson, because they wanted that kid to get snaps and be a part of this. I wonder if they think that he's the guy or not. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, for now, it's Jared Goff, and they're in the playoffs, and they're going to be hosting a playoff game for the first time in three decades, which is really, really cool. All right, um, we're back at it again on Friday. Maybe we'll be talking about another team clinching a playoff berth on Thursday night. I'm not going to mention that, but maybe I'll mention it. And then we'll set up week 17 as we are inching closer to the finish line. Hope everybody had a good holiday we will see you in a few days for producer Mikey and continue to consume the talking Giants world led by my man Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Football Today.